Hello, Lauren. How are you? Hello, Miss. How are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you for being here this evening. So welcome. It's raining like a dog. Oh my God, I hear it. I hear it. I um, I was actually supposed to walk a friend's dog this evening and I got to his house and the entire front of it was flooded and I, I had my raincoat on and it was walking through the water and I had water up to my ankles. It was pretty bad. Yeah, that's that's a lot of rain. So I'm going to do, hmm? No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to do a little introduction. Oh, please do. Okay. So hello, 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 and welcome to the Naked Onion Mystery Tours podcast, a podcast run by everyday people talking about life, love, and the pursuit of pizza. (laughs) today's podcast is spiritual in nature it's about attaching meaning to other people's words the funny the not so funny i'm sure there's more not funny than funny but i've got a few funny stories too most of the funny ones are sexual in nature Ah! <laughs> yeah, they can be. Yes. They can be. Oh, God, yeah. though. Yeah. Oh, you're so right. I never even <laughs> thought of that. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> How many times have I been in bed and, like, been thinking about, um, <laughs> you know, like, what is he thinking? Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm a housekeeper in my everyday life. You know that. Yeah. I, sometimes you you also know me to be very wordy. I, I am a talker. You know that. I like that. But I have no. Sometimes that doesn't bother me. Blunt and to the point. And so I work, have worked, you know, I'm a housekeeper now 27 years. Uh-huh. And I've worked for some single men that weren't old. Do you know what I mean? They weren't old. 12, but they weren't old, like 80 and needed help. Right. And I had a client who lived in one of the towers, uh, three, four, five Bayshore. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, looking over the base, you know, but the base. Right. It's beautiful. It's I know a- where that is. And uh, he sent me a text one time and he said, are you on my, your way? And I said, yep, coming. Ah. And he was like, well, didn't mean to interrupt anything. And oh, jeez, like, oh, On my way. <laughs> Holy crap. Talk yes. about attaching a meaning yeah. to That's your words. Yeah. Oh, my God. So that's why I said for me, most of the time, uh, when it's not, you know, something that's emotional or it makes you angry, it's usually sexual in nature and funny to go. So, well, when you're horny, <laughs> the human language, it doesn't have, it's all, that's what I was thinking about, you know? It's like, hey, wow, I'm in my 50s now. So my hormones are under control. So, I really enjoy my own company, if you know what I mean. I could be alone for hours and just get lost in, like, the podcast or you, like, friends or my animals or, you know, 
doing it myself around the house. Yes. But so it brings me to to this story. I, I'm not gonna say which man it was, but when I first started dating, which I was older, when I when I first had sex, I was young, but when I like first started dating and going out on actual dates, I didn't realize how freaking broken I was. And I remember being in the movie theater with my then boyfriend thinking, you know, cause I had to go to the bathroom really bad <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, if I stand up, he's going to know that I'm going to go to the bathroom. And then he's going to picture me. <laughs> he's going to picture me peeing. And I don't want him picturing me peeing. So I sat through that entire movie. I don't even, I couldn't even tell you what movie it was. And I didn't urinate at all. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want him to picture me in the bathroom. So, you know, that's so funny. <laughs> that you would bring up urinating because um, I think I brought this up last week when you and I and uh, Karen were talking. Yeah. I had been a United States Marine. Right. And so I, you know, went to a bunch of different, all year long you go to a bunch of different training because uh, you have to be a tactically proficient Marine and you have to be a technically proficient Marine. Right. Technical proficiency is in the job that you do or your MOS. Tactical proficiency is being, you know, a good Marine, good, continuing to be able to shoot and you go out in the field and you have to do the chesty puller course and run PFTs and things like that. Right. So when you become an NCO, which you know, it's a private, private first class, Lance Corporal, and then a corporal and a sergeant are the first two NCO ranks. When you become an NCO, you have to go through something called NCO school. And it's very, you know, both sexes are there. And you're out right. in the field for the majority of the time. It's six weeks long. You have a little bit of classroom stuff. Then you do this enormous uh, nuclear, biological, chemical weapons training. You're out on the rifle range, and the pistol range, and then you're out in the field for weeks. <laughs> and yeah. so you get very comfortable. Oh, I guess so. In, yes, in your little <laughs> ditch. You have to, you know, dig a little trench and pee in it and do you know your other things and listen what most people don't understand is mres meals ready to eat have saltpeter in them so so you urinate a lot no uh saltpeter helps control your sexual cravings and it also constipates you because they don't want you out in the field shitting all the time but oh. it doesn't stop you from urinating. And right. so there's never a time that you might not be crouched next to someone who's not having to crouch because they can oh, just shit. whip it out and piss right in the little ditch. Yeah. And, yeah. And so when you are there as a woman 
and a man is squatting next to you, that lucky motherfucker's taking a shit. And you're oh like, God. God damn it. <laughs> and you want to poop. And you want to poop so bad. Oh, shit. So it's just, it's funny how I think everybody in life looks at those bodily functions and they think, yes, and they think something different about it. I, since, since I was, had been a Marine, had been a Marine, I have never been embarrassed about that, about farting in public, about having to go to the bathroom, oh, that's any funny. of it, belching out loud, whatever, dude, you mean you, you don't have gas? I'm sorry, you mean because I have boobies and a pussy, I'm not supposed to be gassy. Come on now. <laughs> well, Come on. Yeah, so you can see how kind of broken my world was because honestly, I I have been working in a salon since I was 16 or 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And the whole outlook, I mean, we had no concept of what r- the real world is like because it's all about fashion and makeup and hair yes. and yes. nails and the idea of someone dying? No. Yeah. Like, I, I hadn't even, like, processed that information or tragedy or, you know, like, you were in the military and you had to endure, like you were saying, shitting in a fucking hole and, <laughs> you know, and, and you still got to be a human being on top of that and just act like it's a regular Tuesday. Right. You know what I mean? So... I think growing up, I had, you know, even though I had my trauma as a, as a young lady, it still didn't prepare me for life. It was like, I still went out there and thought if it came from um, a Vogue magazine, that was the real life. That right. was, right. there was nothing below that, right? There was right. nothing, you know, and all my friends were rich and, you know, I may not have had a like a super nice place, but all my friends had nice places. So right. I thought they were my friends. You see what I mean? Yeah, I do. They were like really my friends. They were mm-hmm. superficial. They that's a whole nother podcast, girl. That's but all I, I'm gonna But say. you know what? I, I was just about to bring it back around to our subject tonight. Friend is one of those words that a lot of people assign meaning to, like love. Yes. Like somehow, if you're someone's friend, there's a promise there. Well, dude, if I just met you two weeks ago and I'm like, oh, I met a new friend. I just because in the two weeks I've known you, you didn't end up being a serial killer or a devil worshiper doesn't mean that I'm promising to be you know there for your every need or your every right. there are a lot of people who hear oh you think I'm your friend or you've assigned me as your friend well now you have to you know clean up my messes and dry my tears and be there to hear my every complaint and you know no <laughs> no Friend is a great word, but it does not come with promises attached. Do you know, you know what I mean? Just like love. Love is an awesome word, but it does not come with promises attached. In fact, 
unconditional love. It's what we, I think we all strive for in life is the very meaning of don't attach meaning to the word. Right. Right. And I was thinking, I was thinking about that too. It's like when you're in, when you're a little kid and you have your little friend and your little world with your little friend, it doesn't have bills. It doesn't have jobs. It doesn't have outside drama. It doesn't have relationships. It doesn't have any of those things. So when you're hanging out with your five-year-old friend, which man, I was tight with my friend. Like we probably got to 10th grade and then, then, and that was it. You know what I mean? Right. She went her way. I went my way. But before that we were joined at the hip. We read the same books. We, you know, we both rode horses, um, uh, just playing outside, playing in the hay, going to school, reading was awesome. Right. And then one day it was like high school happened. We're transitioning from ninth grade to 10th grade. And I was a little bit of a geek nerd, uh, new waiver, if you will. And then she was more of the cheerleader. Uh, she was academic and she did it for her cheerleading and all of that kind of stuff. And then, so she was more sporty and I wasn't so sporty. <laughs> You know what I mean? I yeah. was the I was the chunky one. I like to eat. I still like to eat. Me too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and so, let's not attach meaning to the word chunky. Because that there there's a whole lot of meaning around that word too. But oh, go ahead. see, yeah, see, I, I was uh, I want to say thicker. Yes. Thicker. I maybe not chunky, but I was definitely thicker and tall for my age and um, awkward. Just um, now I found out that quite possibly I need to be tested again, but um, I'm, I'm like 36% on the spectrum as far as autism, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, and I thought that was, hey, I'm like, hey, that's kind of cool. <laughs> you know, well, you know amazing probably... people were on the spectrum. You know, a lot of artists back, you know, like in the Van Gogh, Rembrandt, you know, time, the Beethoven, Mozart time. A lot of those people, if I'm sure if they were alive today, they would probably be on the spectrum. Yeah. I'm thinking that too. Yeah. I think Donald Trump is on the spectrum. <laughs> but that's a whole nother podcast. I think Donald like Trump. Like I said, he's special. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's so special. Yeah. I love him so much. Yeah. Um, but I, like I said, like the friendship thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, shit happens man it's like you get responsibilities i have this crazy dog that i have to take care of that he's pacing back and forth because of the rain but it right like i have responsibilities and stuff like that and but i understand it's only taken me 50 years but i understand like i don't 
if I don't hear from you, I'm not, I don't think twice about it. Right? You know, two other words that have a lot of meaning attached to them that doesn't always live up to mother and father. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you you say someone is a mother, and in, especially in our cockamamie Western society, we just think paragon of virtue and motherly instinct and loves her children and always does right. More people are harmed at the hand of their mother. Right. You know what I mean? I I don't mean harmed like always physically, (laughs) but mentally and emotionally. Do you know what I mean? And and (laughs) father, I mean, please, I'm not saying that overall men are not good with children. My partner, Johnny, is an amazing uh, grandfather to our grandson, Camden. Amazing. However, he was raised by an amazing single mother. Right. Right. And so there, there's, it always seems that there are circumstances that make a good man. And in our society, fathers are allowed so much leeway and mothers are not a bad father is just, Oh, well, you know, he's a man. A bad mother, my God, does she have cloven hooves and horns? And bitch. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I still say that about my mom. God damn it. Right. And, <laughs> and, and isn't it funny? In just the two <clears throat> minutes we've been talking about it, we covered the full spectrum of motherhood. Either you are the paragon of virtue or you have cloven hooves and a tail. And... <laughs> <laughs> And it's so weird because as I've gotten older and I have sat and talked with my children, I have a 38-year-old, a 35-year-old, and a 32-year-old. The 38-year-old was a young man I gave up for adoption, and I am blessed and honored to know him. The two I raised, my daughter, who is 35, and my son, who is 32, they are sometimes taken aback at my, hey, 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 uh, nobody sticks me up on a pedestal, I have, you know, clay feet, Uh, they're astonished at my honesty, when they get mad at me about something from the past, Uh I'm like, yep, I did that, you have every right to be upset. Yep, that was not cool. Right. See, I wish that my mom did that. I wish my mom did that. But I've only been able to do that since I have come to terms with the fact that 20 years ago when I was 38, I was not the same person I am now Uh, at 58. And when I was 28 and I had two children and I was alone in this world and I was about to get out of the Marine Corps and face a very uncertain future, I was an even more different person. Right. And while most people have children in you know, what, what the hell is an optimum situation? You know, I don't believe anybody has children in an optimum situation because children are chaos. You, they can take the most optimum situation and make them chaos. But at the end of the day, I had my first child when I was 19, my second when I was 22, and my third when I was 25. I had three children by the time I was 25 and a active duty Marine. Oh, and a Marine. <laughs> and a Marine. Right. And a Marine. So 
for me, when I look back at that woman and my children are floored at my ability to be honest and face their hurt and their anger with, hey, you know what? I did do those things and we're all growing up together. Do you know what I mean? Right. And my apologies are sincere, but you will not lay guilt at my feet. Look at us. We're all on the other side of having grown up and we're healthy and we're uh, uh, successful and we're together. Nothing, not even the enormity of my mistakes put us asunder. So let's move on. Let's agree that everybody grows up and everybody makes mistakes. Well, you want to hear something funny? Mm -hmm. Well, we get our, so we're, we're all supposed to be these divine human beings that are placed on this planet and we've chosen our parents so we can create our knowledge. Mm -hmm. I've read stuff like that before. Yeah. Yeah. So they actually need to shut the fuck up. Because they chose you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and yep. the more problems that you have when you're young, the less problems you're going to have, hopefully, yep. when you're an adult. Yep. The yin and the yang, the balance yes, of it. All. Yes. 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 Now, now yes. I want to go back to what you were saying in the beginning because mm-hmm. I, I think it's funny, right? Because mm-hmm. you were saying sex is where it usually begins. And I think it's sexting. <laughs> <laughs> think about it. You're sexting someone and and you're talking and you're like, and you're deep and hot and heavy in this sexy conversation. I've never and, done it. Oh, you've never done that? Nope. Well, no. Well, um, I've had... I've had, you know, sexy conversations with Johnny before, um, but not sexting, not like back and forth typing. Well, Um, there's a whole thing on the internet, and I'll send it to you, these crazy texts where people attach their meaning, you know, because part of it's semantics, too. It's like how you how you read the sentence, right? And if you don't right. put commas, right, that kind of thing. So, but, but here's, here's the big one, like that I would have a problem with when I, when I first met my husband, you know, so we, we'd be talking and I just love him. I was already in love with him. So I was already way up in the clouds when it came to and I'd say, you know, like I'd want to see him. We literally lived right around the corner from each other. So there was no reason he shouldn't be at my house satisfying me every night. (laughs) So I sent him a message. I'm like, hey, baby, after like that long conversation, conversation, I said, hey, baby, want to come over? Right? Like, and you're horny and you're excited and you're looking at your phone and you're waiting for those words to come across your phone and nothing and nothing crickets. Yeah. 
So I attach a meaning to that. What the hell? He got off and now he's not on the phone anymore. He hung up. Or what was another one? What was another one? Oh, he's just ignoring me now. He got me all excited and now he's ignoring me. Or, um, you know, there's just a whole drama in my head. I do think texting leaves a lot to... I remember when I first got my first phone and started texting people and either they wouldn't answer the text or they'd send back like a one word text, no emojis, no, you know, smiley face. Remember in the day when you had to make a smiley face with a semicolon and a D or a yeah, you know I mean? yeah, and parentheses, yeah. none of those kind of things. And I'd get home later in the day and from my landline, I'd call them and be like, are you mad at me? And they'd be like, why did you do something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, no, well, you, you know, you didn't really text back. Well, you know, Lauren, you text me a letter. Uh, <laughs> right. How know? am I going to answer that? Right. What, if, right. what is there to say that you haven't right. already said? Right. So, you know, I, I, maybe not along the lines of sex, but I do get where you're going with the whole, how texting can be in of itself, a kind of attaching meaning. And you probably shouldn't because there's not a whole lot of, unless they go into deep explanation in the text, there's not a whole lot of explanation there. You know, I mean, Here's another thing. It's like my sister absolutely can't stand me, right? Just can't, just doesn't. Doesn't like me, hasn't liked me for years. I think in another podcast I said, did I tell you I stole her cars, her fiance's car? And yeah, I did all that craziness. Well, she bases my personality off of that person that was had bipolar disorder from I was like 15, 16 years old, right? right. So, so her perspective of me may or may not be based on that person. But, you know, that's how she treats me is like that. It's like, you know, I've, I've got a bone to pick with you. (laughs) I'm like, okay, let's do it. You know me, I'm all like, I feel like I am anyway. Emotional emotional intelligence. I'm like, sure, let's just hit it head on. You know, I'm ready to tackle this. I'll even get the, you know, I'll find a counselor. We'll go together. We can, you know, do Zoom, whatever. No. She hasn't spoken to me since. Well, you know, in that situation, you know, my situation with my younger sister, we're five years. No, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the time people who can't get over the past, and this is again, bringing us back to attaching meaning to things. Yeah. When they won't communicate, it's because they don't want to be made to attach the right meaning to things. They're mired down in their way of perceiving it. 
and they don't want to look at it from the other person's point of view. Because if they did, they'd have to be shook out of the tree that they climbed and decided, well, I'm going to take this holier than thou, look at me above you, looking down at you, point of view. Well, okay. I, I am at the point in my life where I don't really care if you attach a false perception to my, my word. That's that's on you. If you cannot communicate, if you do not want to be brought to the middle ground and be able to see things from my point of view, hey, we don't have to talk. We're on five fucking calendar years now. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Oh my God, that's funny though. I mean, it's not funny, but it's no, the it's, way it's you worded hilarious. it. Huh? It's pretty hilarious. It's so weird. It's like yeah. you're addicted to your perspective, which it would yes. be your ego, right? Yes. That'd be your ego? Yeah. Well, yes, that and the, the id and the superego, when you cannot budge from your belief that what you believe is right and nobody else's place in it counts, that there's only one perspective and it's yours, that is a completely malignant narcissist. Every yeah. part of their programming, the id, the superego, and the ego are all involved in protecting that person from knowing any other truth than the one that they've decided is truth. That's it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy, though? I mean, it's like, that's why I love meditation, okay, which I've only recently got into that. But, and, and I know it sounds so hard, not to you, but to our, our listeners, it's, it's really easy. Once, once you start doing it, it clears the, I remember when when my mom first died in 2018, I had monkey brain. Do you know what monkey brain is? I sure do. Yeah, I had monkey brain. So I would replay shit in my mind over and over and over again. And I'd look at my body and I'd say some really harmful shit to my, my, my perspective of me in the mirror. Right. Or if I ate something that I, you know, oh, it's not on my diet, then I'd say some really hateful stuff there. Um, I was, I think I had adrenal fatigue because I couldn't sleep. At night, I was up and down all night long, going to the bathroom from the stress. And it was just a lot, right? So then I knew that it was my perspective, like my perspective of my mom. I was going through the grieving of my mom, and I was trying to find a job, and I had just bought this place. I mean, there was just so much happening so I knew that if I didn't do something quick, that I was going, I was doomed to be a little crazy. And I didn't want that for myself. So I started to meditate. It, at first, I could only do a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. I could only do a minute. Now I can do, I think I can comfortably do about 30 minutes. 
So that's, I, I have to say that I am uh, a little in awe of that because I, I do not meditate. I, I came to a place a long time ago where I accepted, shook hands, and named the monkey in my brain and decided that there was a part of me that was very comfortable with the chatter in my head because it was what kept me uh, safe and kept me reevaluating where I was all the time. So now, even when I'm moving through beautiful spaces, even when I am uh, in on the beach or in a forest hiking a trail or, you know, in a mountain or doing, not in a mountain, not in a mountain uh, you know, doing things that are beautiful in my garden, in my beautiful little garden behind my house, whatever I am doing, whatever subject is in my head, I fully embrace it and I feel as cleansed in that moment, as a lot of people who meditate do, because but can I'm... I ask you something? Yeah, aren't you really meditating? Because you're 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 actually having an exchange with the words in your head. You're saying you have to deliberate which ones are yours and which ones are you know programming, right? right? That in and of itself is, is meditation. Okay. I mean, I, however, I, I accept that and I accept that gratefully because however it works for people, I a long time ago decided for myself that it was too much to try to quiet my brain. Right. It has been the thing that brought me through so many different heartaches in my life that the idea of quieting it, I just didn't even know how to do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I felt like a failure for so long because I couldn't do it. That just wasn't in me, honey girl. I wish I could. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, right. There are definitely times when I'm like, could you all just shut up already? Ah. <laughs> you know, you know, but then I started to realize that maybe I wasn't meant to quiet them. Maybe all of those voices were the tools I needed to find my way through my life. And if I was doing something, walking on a beach, gardening in my garden, walking with my grandson just around the neighborhood, instead of allowing it to be helter-skelter and go and flip and flop from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, if I would stay pinpointed on one thing, do you know what I mean? And allow myself to explore it and explore my place in it, I found that just as cleansing as people who get up from their 30-minute meditation where they've freed their mind from the clutter of their life 
and given it a break. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I know we can't all do things like my perspective of what's going on in my world is different than yours on so many levels. Like I, I believe that your perspective was molded by every single experience that you've ever had in your entire life. Absolutely. I agree. And then, yeah. And then, and then imagine meeting someone younger who hasn't had all those intense, crazy experiences and they're so minimal and they're so like moldable. Right. Right. So then you get, you get people who have beautiful perspective. They're teaching children this equally beautiful perspective. Right. And that's what I hope to do with my grandson. I hope that between, I know I say this all the time, Kim, but it's the truth between the wonderful human being that Johnny is and the place that I come from in life where, and you know, because you've dealt with it too and experienced it too, trauma and, fear and and then moving up through those things to become whole i i hope that he lives a life where he is emotionally well and believes in his physical spiritual self as being one thing and honors both all the time right and do you know what i mean there's always life always throws you a curveball do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to bring us back around to the topic of the night. But if you can learn simple things like not attaching your meaning to other people's words, like right. being able to see other people's perspective and not be mired down in your ego. If right. you can do those things, life, even in its hard times, can be beautiful. And well, imagine what it does, though, to people. If you anchor yourself in this one perspective that mm-hmm. was trained to you, you know, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, how we're transitioning into this wonderful, like, sexually ambiguous uh, world that we have. And I think it's super cool that you've got andro- androgynous, beautiful women and, you know, you have have um trans women that are i mean you know they're they're men now and Mm -hmm. they're hot they're Mm -hmm. fucking hot you know Mm -hmm. and they're everybody is attaching themselves to their authentic identity instead at a young age instead of like okay they're in their 50s or 60s and they're finally coming out right what's healthier right I, I I totally agree. And Johnny and I were just having this conversation. I have no problem with who people love, how they identify, what they believe in for their happiness. I have so much pain in my heart for people who have been held back or struggle with their identity because you know, I'm, I'm 58 years old. I have a very clear cut perspective of myself as a woman. 
I identify as a woman. I am a she. I like my breasts. I think my (laughs) vagina is amazing. I am so glad I had children and my children have given me, you know, grandchildren. I love my womanhood and I love my goddess feeling in my attachment to the universe and the planet. But that's me personally. Right. I would not love you any less than I do right now if you identified with they pro- they and them pronouns and one day dressed in a pink tutu and was a ballerina and the next day dressed in black biker clothes and boots and, you know. That sounds hot and, to me. Do you know what I'm saying? I yeah. wouldn't, there's just no, there's, there's, there, and there shouldn't be. That's the thing about unconditional love that we talked about earlier, right? Love is not supposed to have promises attached with it. It's supposed to be unconditional. Right. 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 Which is, is it's funny that we're go- coming back around. It's like we're going around in circles. But m- my mom and dad attached their childhood to me. Right. You know what I mean? And hey. I, I was, I didn't really, I wasn't really vocal about my sexuality when I was young, but I like little girls too. Like I like little boys and I like little girls, right? When I was a little girl, I was like, I love everybody. I didn't have, I didn't have, there wasn't this idea in my head that I should be with little boys, right? right? I didn't have an idea in my head that I should be with either. I just loved them both. And as I got older, I found out on my own, no stimulus from the outside. No, I wasn't looking at anybody and saying, hey, you know, hey, that looks cool. I think I'll be a lesbian. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like that for me. It was like, oh, I love you. Right. And then two weeks later, I'd be loving somebody else. That's what do bipolar you, is. Do you remember the... Truman story is that what is called the Truman? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's his name? Uh, comedian. He was a Jim a, Carrey. Jim Carrey was a da- you know was a kid with you know and a, a production company actually adopted him and put him in this dome and made every part of his life. Do you know what I mean? Right. And I think about the the bottom line of that where babies are concerned another good one trying to you know get to my point the movie trading places with dan Aykroyd and oh my god uh god dang it uh coming to america what was eddie murphy eddie murphy yeah dan Aykroyd and eddie murphy babies are blank slates blank slates Another good way to, to analogize it, everybody's got this thing about pit bulls. Pit bulls are not bad dogs. Right. Bad people train pit bulls to be bad dogs. Right. Right? So babies are this blank slate. They get filled up with what we put in them. Right. Not they're born being masochistic or you know, egotistical or malignant narcissists or broken, 
babies are born whole and pure and perfect. And we raise them to be something X, Y, or Z. Right. Right. And if we raise our children to not see color, not see race, not see political standing, not see economic background, not see those things and just see how a person functions in your space with you. Are they kind to you? Are they respectful of you? Do they communicate with you? Do they hold no grudges? Are they, you know, superficial or are they real? If we raise our children to see life that way, wow, what a better world it would be. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I mean, like uh, taking your child, um, I I know that my dad would take us to work. And I know for a lot of people, that's just not safe and blah, blah, blah. Right. it, It was construction. My dad didn't leave tools down very low for us. And he let us pay play in the paint and the drywall and we did that till we were I guess teenagers you know what I mean and then Mm -hmm. he lived on a farm so he would float teeth that's when you file the back teeth of horses mouths Mm -hmm. he would float them so you know I remember as a kid I'd hang on the horse He, he my dad would tell me to hang on his head because there were a lot of horses that liked to throw their head back because they yeah. hated having their teeth filed. Mm-hmm. In the wild, they eat rocks and stuff to to break those teeth or, you know, yeah. file yeah. those teeth down. But it's just like that. Uh, I mean, parents do not take their children to work because the workplace or offices. And you know how many workplace affairs there are? <sighs> I don't. I, I I work in people's houses and my biggest love affair is my new vacuum. So oh, that's so funny. I'm glad <laughs> you never had to work in an office. Yeah, I've, I've never. And I have to tell you, not that I'm saying it's not true or not real. I am so saddened by the news that I hear all the time about sexual abuse in the military and things like that. But yeah. even in the Marine Corps, I just, I never experienced that ever. I never experienced, I was very lucky. I, I worked in a command that very much valued me as a Marine. Uh, I had multiple, multiple um, meritorious, you know, gained meritorious ranks and was put up for, you know, same as a man. I, I never experienced that. And I'm, again, I'm not saying it's not true and that it doesn't happen. Because oh, I know. I know it does, know. but it was not my experience. So even in the Marine Corps, I did not deal with those kind of experiences where the men around me were lechers and the women were all ladder. I, I've, got a, I've got a question. You got to yeah. tell this story on the air. The one where you were you were all in the pool hall i guess playing pool and you had two beers in your hand oh no we were we were at we, i was in japan and we were at a club out in town 
And I was, and it was not the kind of club that we're used to. It was just rows and rows of tables that were like high top tables built out from the wall. And then you walked up to the bar, you got your drinks and you walked back to your table. There wasn't a dance floor, although there was music. It was just literally a place to drink. And the sailor just kept bugging me, just wanted to dance while he was so drunk and he was just obnoxious. And finally I, you know, my friends were all like, dude, she doesn't want to dance. I was like, I don't want to dance. Just wow. Leave me alone. And I had walked up to the Mm -hmm. bar to get a couple drinks, one for me and my friend Jeff. And I was walking back and he pushed me from behind and I fell over with the drinks And I was so mad that he made me spill the drinks. (laughs) I wasn't even really mad that he pushed me. I was like, whatever. But boy, when I lost those drinks, I was pissed off. I would have been pissed too. I got up and I pretty much beat the crap all out of this poor dude. (laughs) And the next day, no, that was a Saturday. So Sunday on Monday, I go in. (laughs) You know, and I'm, I'm working on the flight line because I was in the air side of the Marine Corps in the air wing. And I'm working on the flight line and my gunny calls me you know, out and he says, we have to go report to Sergeant Major. And I was like, oh, boy, what the heck? And I get in, you know, I get back in my uniform out of my flight suit. I get, you know, cut my coveralls. We, my gunny and I go to the Sergeant Major's office. I wrap on his hatch. I present myself and he looks up at me and he's like, Mada? And I was like, yes, sir. He was like, Mada. I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> he's like, do you recognize him? And I look behind me and there is the equivalent <laughs> of a sergeant major in the Navy, which is a chief petty officer. And I said, uh, Master Chief Petty Officer. And I looked at Master Chief. I was like, Master Chief? He was like, you did this to my sailor? And I looked at the dude and I was like, oh, no. Uh, what did no, he say? No, no. Sergeant Major was like, get out of here, Matta. And he looked at the, ma- the, the Master Chief and he was like, your boy let some girl beat him up. <laughs> major I, before I left the room sergeant major was like well what got you mad and and I was like well he made me spill my drinks and he kept calling me a girl <laughs> and sergeant major was just like oh my god well there's the lesson don't call her a girl yeah you know I mean that's attaching it's like <laughs> what kind of was that supposed to be an insult you just yeah. proved his ass wrong Right. All kinds of wrong. Like if he even thought for a minute that was an insult, you wouldn't be in the Marines. Right. And who you are with them and hanging with these men who obviously, you know, the testosterone runs high with them. So if you got their respect. (laughs) Well, you know, now that you bring it up and you say it that way, and we were talking about it along the lines of, not so much sexual harassment, but the kind of crap that goes on in the office place. Yeah. I, I used to have to have conversations with other female Marines, especially young ones, especially on the flight line. Men are 
you know, they're dropping the F-bomb and they're talking about getting pussy last night and they're, you know, they're just gross. They're Yeah, they're gross. <laughs> you know, they're just basic human beings. and they're That's just, right, like the very lowest form. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're just, you know, basic. And oh my God, the little girls would be so like, oh my God, do you have to talk about that? And I used to have to get them together in the locker room and be like, hey, you signed up for the Marine Corps, not for the Betty Cracker cooking class. Yeah, is, right. What the hell? You you asked to play with the big boys in the big boy pool. Stop <laughs> acting like you need a freaking swimmies. I mean, come on. And if you don't like it, go to the S shops and be a secretary. <laughs> One of you guys is a BB stacker, meaning a bomb person. One of you guys is an electronics man. One of you guys, people is a bubble chaser, meaning a hydraulics man. You're out here doing maintenance on, you know, $350 million jets. And you're complaining because that boy over there keeps saying the word pussy. Uh, right. Well, look, yeah. hey, back to the subject of attaching, attaching a meaning. Right. Right. So, you know, it's just the the meaning of the word pussy is used in a derogatory sense. You know, they've attached a derogatory meaning to that word, like like being a pussy is a bad thing. Right? Well, I don't know. Not when they're saying I got me some really good pussy last night. Well, that's different. <laughs> that's like, that's a different meaning. There's like so many different meanings for that word. Right. And that's what I'm talking about. They, these little girls were getting upset because they were saying, oh, he's a pussy. No, they were being very explicit about their weekend exploits. Right, right. And these right. little girls didn't like it. Grow up. You decided it's, to wade into the big boy pool. That's if right. you're not going to play with the big boys by their rules, go home. I believe that too. <laughs> I believe that too. Well, here's the case in any relationship. If you're not going to grow a pair and you're not going to play by real rules, which is don't assume everything is about you. At the end right. of the day, what I'm saying, if I'm right. saying, you know, hey, I want to lose 20 pounds, I'm not saying it because I'm really saying it to you. Right. And <laughs> I'm also not I mean? saying it to fish for a compliment. Right. Oh, baby, you look fine. No, I really don't. I could use to lose 20 pounds. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So... Well, listen, honey, I love you. You know I love you, but I got to get back downstairs and get my head back in the game of being a mama, a grandmama. Okay, so you're going. signing us out. And my grand, my I want to thank said, everybody what? for listening to Naked Onions, uh, <laughs> Naked Onion Mystery Tour podcast, and please tune in next week when we talk the, what, talk what we, more what of the same shit. Next week? Huh? What are we going to talk about next week? Oh, well, that'll that'll come out in the email. Okay, you know? well, I'm looking for that. Absolutely. And if okay. anybody has any suggestions, please hit us up at KJO, the letter O, 2, 
0-0-9 at outlook.com. Ooh, I, excellent. All right. Yeah. I didn't know we had one of those or you yeah, did. Yeah, we it. do. Well, I'm working on the, I'm, I'm working on the website for us right Wonderful. now. Wonderful. Yay. We're All a right. sister. <laughs> I love you, girl. Love you too. Have a good night. Bye, baby. Bye.